Player 2, this is Player 1. Plugging in. Player 1 is initiating connection. Player 1 is online. Player 1, this is Player 2. Plugging in. Player 2 is initiating connection. Player 2 is online. All players have successfully connected. You are now plugged into the Plug and Play podcast. Initiating startup sequence. And thank you for tuning in. This is episode 110. That is right. 11 0 110. Sounds like a police code. It does. Somebody call 911. No, somebody call 110. This is a plug. See what happens. Yeah, see what happens. This is the plug and play podcast, guys. And alongside me, as always, is Tim. Welcome, minions. Tim? Tim? Yeah. That sounds so well. No, I feel like crap. So, let's start off with, Tim got the pack box. I, well, I didn't really get it till yesterday. Tim got the tax box. Why would it be a week delay? Because they were like, let's just hide it in his body, and then wait till he thinks he didn't get the pack box, and then let's give him the pack box. So, I've got a fever, my head hurts, I can't concentrate very well, um, I oh, got shit. the shivers I going on, it sucks. But I don't have any other symptoms. I have no digestive issues. I got, got no, no sinus problems. I'm not coughing. No, I got nothing on my skin. It's just a really bad fever. I got like 101, 102 temp. Holy shit. Yep, I'm running hot. You're running hot. You need to, you know what you need to do? You need to have an oil change. Um, That sounds maybe exciting and or dirty. I'll let you figure that part out. What else have you been up to this week, Tim? So, we've got a lot of PAX stuff that we recorded last Sunday, but I was kind of thinking maybe we should do that at the end of the show so people can choose whether they want to listen to that or not. Yeah, because last week's episode was like 100 or like one hour and 50 minutes. So, it was like a two-hour episode. So, there was some things that happened on Monday, but um, we'll get to that later. But okay. it was my kid's birthday this weekend. and Damn straight it was. We did something pretty awesome, I thought. We had the game truck come over. And that was And that is cool. like a... Um, I don't know, like an F-350 or something pulling a trailer behind. And the trailer has just a row of couches and then TV monitors and, like, every game system known to man. And tons of game systems. And um, my cat's being a jerk. As you guys can tell, we're not recording together this week, so... You don't want my Pax Pox, you chicken. I know. I don't want my wife to get your Pax Pox. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah, I thought so. um, So anyway, we had, like, I don't know... 12 to 16 kids crammed in there and us <laughs> yeah um we got to play some it, it was definitely getting warm up in there oh yeah it got pretty warm um but we played blur yeah blur baby and then some mario kart 8 yeah and mario kart 8 and then we also played uh splatoon you guys check that out while i went and talked to the adults and in, inside in the boring part of the party while you adulted for a while yeah I had to be a party host for a little bit but that was pretty sweet um i definitely recommend that as a party idea and we had two for one basically because both our kids are like four days apart in their birthdays 
So Shit. what was pretty expensive ended up, you know, if you break it down, it was pretty... Not being that expensive. Right, because we got both for one. So the other thing I did um, last night was something I've been looking forward to for a long time. I didn't work, which apparently is good since I'm feeling awful. I started to feel bad just before this, um, but we went out, uh, had a date night with the wife, and we went and saw Puddles and the Pity Party. That does not sound like a romantic night. Oh, it's awesome. So there's this guy named Puddles. He's a seven-foot-tall clown, and he sings like... He's got a golden voice, and he sings like his own versions of like um, kind of epic lounge songs. Okay. It was so good. Um, We had dinner before, and... Got little dinosaurs with our tacos at this place. It was pretty fun. And I drank too much bourbon and, and vodka, which I probably shouldn't have done if I knew I was sick. But um, No, you're just trying to burn out the Pax Pox. I needed more, apparently. Um, so that was awesome. Um, Puddles of Pity Party. You can check him out on YouTube or other social media if you're interested. But this guy is literally a seven-foot clown, and he sings really well. Huh. So that was my week. Um, so he's not a scary clown. Well, I mean, he's awkward or uncomfortable like he was definitely kind of creeping people out a little bit okay explain oh you just like stare at him and like chew his gum and like he brought up several people in the audience and like like had coffee with this one lady or had this other guy do like karaoke bit it was pretty pretty cool he involved like did did you get no i did did not i was uh probably a little too far back gotcha um but there was this really funny bit he did with this one guy like trying to summon kevin costner it's kind of hard. It's hard to describe, but they had this epic mashup of um, Waterworld on the screen behind him. It was just a lot of fun. It was really cool. Um, the kind of dorky, nerdy, geeky stuff that I and my wife enjoy. It was fantastic. Sweet. So what about you? What have you been up to this week? Well, if we're not going to talk about the Monday pack stuff... Well, let's talk about later, gonna... yeah. Okay, so we're talking about later. So we're going to jump over to the next thing I did is we got back from PAX Monday night at 9.30-ish, mm-hmm. 10 o'clock, yep. something like that. And I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning and jumped on a plane and flew to Cleveland, Ohio, which is, I didn't realize, is basically the other side of the United States. Yeah. That's uh, the East ba- Coast, pretty much. Yeah, that's the East Coast. I mean, there's like maybe like one state in between, and then your East Coast, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hauled ass back, me and my uncle, from Cleveland to our hometown of Vancouver, Washington, in, in basically two days. Hauled ass. That's in. over. Uh, oh, oh, You're we hauled a ass. Big part. <laughs> we hauled ass in a limited edition. They only made two hundred of these cars. It's the Cadillac XLR. V. So it's the Cadillac Supercharged Sports Edition two-seater convertible. Um, basically, it is a Cadillac with a very Corvette-styled body mm-hmm. um, that's more square, not rounded like the Corvettes normally are. Um, and it is a Corvette engine, and it can go from zero to, I'd say, at least 120 and probably... I don't know, like four seconds. And uh, let me tell you, it it does not stop at the speedometer of 160, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. That's the the limit of the speedometer is 160? That's what it says. Uh But uh, when you're at 140, let's say, and you barely have the pedal about halfway down, you know that it's not going to stop in another 20. How is the suspension at that speed? 
Um, it feels like I'm going 40 miles an hour in my car. Wow. Yeah, it, it handles like butter. And, uh, yeah, it's really nice car. The weird part about it is it's very, it's a 2007, because they only made them in 2007 and 2000, or... Maybe it's a 2008. I think they made it 2007, 2008, or they made it 2008, 2009. I can't remember. They only made it for two years, and they only ran 200 of them each year they did. Um, and then that's of the black ones. And then there's, like, a limited blue one that they only made, like, 50 of each year. Um, but we got a black one, or my uncle, I should say, got a black one. Um, but the weird thing is is that it doesn't have as much tech on the inside as my car does. Okay. It has, like, XM radio in it for some reason, but it doesn't have, like, an auxiliary port. It has no way to hook your phone into it. Weird. Uh, yeah, really weird for being how fancy it is. It has a DVD player, um, heated seats, heated steering wheel, um, and everything else is all electronic in it, which is really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's a really nice car, really comfortable, um, but I'm exhausted. I'm still recovering from it, so because I went literally from getting little to no sleep at packs, or you know, little sleep at packs to literally no sleep on the road because we would get up, we would drive until about nine o'clock at night, and then we'd figure out where we think we could get a hotel, and then call ahead, and for some fucking reason. These, like, people in North Dakota want to have a fucking party, like, halfway across the state. So instead of covering, like, 300 miles at, like, 9 o'clock at night, we had to go 500 miles, and so, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, just to get out of this, like, I think it was, like, Indians or something like that were throwing a fucking party in North Dakota, and I was just like, you fuckers, but... Anyways, so we did that. We ended up getting to, like, uh, we flew into Cleveland at, like, 6.30. And we, from Cleveland, Ohio, hauled ass across Chicago um, in the middle of the night and ended up in Rockford, Illinois, um, right around 2.30 a.m. And pulled into, I think it was a Best Western or something like that. Slept till 6 o'clock in the morning. Got up ate breakfast, left, and then stopped in, um, I can't remember where, in North Dakota, but, uh, we stopped in, like, basically Montana, it was, like, two and a half hours outside, or before Montana, and that was at, like, 10.30 at night, Mm -hmm. ate dinner, got back up, and then hauled ass home. So North Dakota to, um, I think it was called, I don't know, Dickford, something like that. <laughs> Anyways, we did that and uh, ran from North Dakota all the way back. Yeah, that did not sound fun to me, that much driving, that, that compressed. Yeah, we definitely thought there was going to be more room in the car, so... Was it a two-seater, or...? Yeah, it's a two-seater, but we thought we'd have, like, a little bit of room behind the seats. Mm-hmm. No. Hmm. And we figured out that also the center console is the perfect coffee warmer or cold drink warmer. Because I guess, like, the engine shaft, like, runs right there because the engine is so big in it... Okay. ...that, it, like, the whole entire center of the car, like, heats up. Hmm. 
Well, I guess that's good. So not re- good for coffee, not, really sure. not good for cold drinks. Yeah, exactly. I'm not so sure like the heated seats were really heated. I think it was just like, hey, just pretend like they're heated, and the car will just slowly heat up as you drive it. So. So, anyways, that's what I did. Um, other than that, uh, NBA 2K17 comes out this week, Tim. That's not something you did. It's something that I'm excited for. That's not something you did. God damn it! Moving on, Tim. What video games did you play this week? See, did you do you even play NBA 2K17? I played the game of watching it on um, YouTube. All right. Um, well, I played a bit. Um, here and there. I played Mr. Robot on mobile, which was pretty fun. And that's sort of a time delay game where you get random texts um, throughout the day. And you can yeah. you can kind of ignore them if you want. Um, and But you're you're basically, you picked up this hacker's phone and like they need this file in it and they ask you to do stuff. A lot of social engineering and cool stuff. Um, I also played Magic Puzzle Quest a bit because you told me I should. Yep. How'd you like it? I'm not really getting into it. I'm, God damn I'm try- it, Tim. I give it a shot. You cannot say that I didn't give it a shot. You gave it a shot. Um, In the freaking back of the head. We got a code for Final Station from Tiny Build, so I've been playing that too, but I'm actually still not to where we were at the party. What? Uh, just because I only played like a half hour. Oh, okay. But I am almost at the end of King's Quest Episode 1, um, which was in a Humble Bundle for Sierra. Um... If you, that was the $20 tier, you get the King's Quest, which I think it normally sells for 25 or 30 so it was a good deal. Hmm. And then you got a cool. bunch of other um, Sierra games. I was sort of wondering if you were interested in the Police Quest games. They're a bit older, but I don't know. Never heard of them. And the only other thing I played was an hour of Yakuza 5, um, because that was a PlayStation Plus game. Uh, so I actually downloaded it. It took overnight on my PS3. <laughs> Holy crap. It took forever. Ever, um, it's like a multi-gig game though, because they do a lot of pretty high-res video for the cutscenes, and there's a lot of cutscenes. The first hour was probably almost 40 minutes of just cutscenes, and then when really? I, then when I finally got to control the dude, like your first mission is to bring some cakes as an apology to this other crew. I'm like really, I'm a badass gangster and I'm bringing cakes to another crew. That um, yeah, that not, makes sense. I guess I, I'm not sure about this hardcore gangster stuff. Like it doesn't seem as yeah. Like I baked you muffins. I got you muffins, really... bitch. I'll muffin up got, you. I'll I'll, I'll muff you up. Yep. So that's what I've been playing. Um, mostly Mr. Robot. I think of all of those. It's the most I've been playing. It's pretty accessible to play. So yep. I think I put a quick look up on our site if I remember right. Sweet. So, what have you been playing? Uh, I played Cross Country Driver 2K17. Sounds like a partially interesting game. It sort of. You remember that one game, uh, The Crew? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but you're in a real car. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, while playing Cross Country Driver 2K17, I also played Crashlands on my mobile device for a little bit. And I played some more Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest, which I'm still really enjoying. Okay, so, so tell me what you get out of it. Um, I just like that it's mindless. I mean, it's literally just matching colors. And then you get to see cool shit happen. And then it's like, victory! And I'm like, yeah, bitches, victory. No, not for you. Tim? I guess Tim's not there anymore. I'm here. Oh. I was closing the door. I thought you would talk longer about Puzzle Quest. You let me down. 
Oh, well, I was, like, explaining about how, like, it's color matching, and it's cool because it's color matching, and then it's, like, victory! I was absolutely um, enthralled, but my stupid cat opened the door, so I was closing it. Oh, stupid cat. I thought you would talk longer. Yeah, well, I didn't, so... Well, you guys got to see a little peek behind the scenes there, but now that we've talked about what we've been playing, it's time for some tech talk. Um, so right now... Tim, why don't you talk about some tech? I am. Um, I'm oh, clicking right. now, right now on my Surface with a different device. I'm not using the pen. I'm using, oh, shit. I'm using the Microsoft Arc Touch mouse. The uh, Bluetooth mouse, sorry. I'm not sure what you just said. Um, let's try it again. Microsoft Arc Touch Bluetooth mouse. Is that better? Yes. So the cool thing about this is it's totally flat with a little bit of a bump at the end. And okay. you turn it on by bending it. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I and heard a snap. That makes it curved, and that turns it on, and then it gives, like, a, a surface for your fingers to rest on. It's got the two um, buttons, of course, and it also has a center pad, which has um, mm. feedback for scrolling. And let me see if you can hear this. Can you hear th- Yeah, I can hear that. So it's, it's scrolling down the page I'm on right now along with that, and I have a really good um, sense of, like, how much I'm scrolling so I kind of like that feature. I think you can turn the sound off if you want, but it hasn't really bothered me yet. Cool. Um, but it's it's pretty neat, um, and it's small, so it fits in my little tiny... I have a really small bag for my Surface. I don't, it looks really neat. Um, so I don't really want a full cordless mouse. And the other cool thing about it is it's the model that's Bluetooth. There is a model that uses a USB dongle, but the Surface only has one USB port. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to take that up. So I got the Bluetooth model that was more expensive. But thanks to Amazon um, warehouse deals, I did not spend more, more than forty dollars. It retails for seventy, I think, which is kind of crazy. Oh wow! Holy crap! The only uh, negative thing I'd see about this mouse is because it's so small. Um, it is not a gaming mouse. It is not super. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you want your hand, like he would not like this because of his wrist issues. It's not very. Uh... What's that stupid word that um, you want your wrist to be at the right angle and everything? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I mean, people who complain about that type of stuff are just babies, so... Whatever. It's it's uh, it's good for a browsing and... It's not very ergonomical. Yes, ergonomic. That's the word. Ergonomic. Um, but it suits me fine for how much I use it, and I like it. So, that's this week's Tech Talk. Woohoo! Tech Talk! Um, I guess as far as like site it. news, I would just say stay tuned for more... Pax, Pax Prime, Prime stuff. Info. I was gonna write like three or four articles today, but because of this, whatever it is, I literally could not think. It was really annoying. That's so. So this is the day I, I plan to write articles, and I lost a day. So I'm not happy about that. Youch. But like, like I said, I'm I'm weak and frail, so I need a break. How about you? Yeah, I need a break too. But before we go to break, Tim, watch you. Why don't you tell them why they should like us and rate us on iTunes? And um, because. If you're driving across the country, you want something to listen to, right? So you want us to continue... If your car has that ability. Yeah, you need to work on that. Um, but yeah. if you want to have that option to you, um, you need to keep us going and support us by liking us and rating us iTunes so that other people will hear us and we can keep doing this for you. Woohoo! I, I don't know why I'm doing the Mario I don't know either. Alright guys, we'll be right back after this music break. Maybe the woohoo will go away. We'll see. Somebody save you so 
Hey guys, and we are back. Tasty treats in hand. So Tim, why don't you let us know what you're drinking today? Uh, today I'm drinking water. It, it does not say that on on here. It says dihydro- dihydrogenated oxygen. That's H2O. Why, why didn't it just say it? Where, where's the hydrogen? Dihydrogenated. Di yeah, means there's no hydrogen. Hydrogen. I'm highlighting it for you. That's hydronated. Hyd- that's, that's hydro. Yes. Nated. There's two molecules of hydrogen for every molecule of oxygen. Well, you should put three in there. Maybe you feel better, motherfucker. No, I think that's like acid rain, fucker. <laughs> I would not feel better. Hydrogen um, is like a, a radical. Like, that would burn my throat. Dick. Well, then put more oxygen up in that Yeah, bitch. H3O is not good. I'll look it up right now and see what it says. See what H4... I'll look up H4O really quick. I don't know if you can even do that. What is H4O? H4O is the most powerful hydrogen-enhanced water with a perfect pH of 7.3. Hydrogen selectively eliminates free radicals, the ones that damage our cells. Hydrogen is a small molecule in its sense. It is a gas easily passes through your body. So hi- H4O is the best for you, motherfucker. There is no H4O. There's H2O2. That's hydrogen peroxide. Google what is H4O right now. Fuck. No such thing. Very first thing. The company that stated that H4O-600MV is the most powerful hydrogen-enhanced water with a perfect pH of 7.3. No, H2O2 is hydrogen peroxide. You cannot bind more hydrogen to oxygen. You can't. This is what it just fucking says right here on Google. Well, Google's full of shit. Well, you fuck should... you. I'm drinking Hop Smack. Okay. What's Hop Smack? Hop Smack is a IPA. It is a 6.4 alcohol by volume. 82 IBUs, and it is coming from Cascade Lakes Brewing Company. All right. So we're going to go ahead and crack that because this thing has H4O in it. <laughs> you drinking hydrogen peroxide. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You can't open it? Serves you right. Oh, there we go. The uh, Capricorn had a little bit of trouble opening that one. That's weird. Yeah, it, had, it has, like, a really weird, like, lip on it. Okay. So. I've never had any problems with the Kappa before. Mmm, H4O goodness, baby. Well, I'm glad you get to have a beer. I'm jealous, but it honestly, it doesn't sound good to me right now. No, I'm sure it doesn't. So let's just move on, and let's kick it. Why don't you kick us off, Dan? Sure. Today, I'm bringing you the Fidget Cube. And before I dive into it, let's just uh, play the video. I never really thought it was a problem. I'd always suspected those around me had seen my incessant pen clicking, knee shaking, and desk tapping. But I had no idea how bad it had gotten. I just fidgeted all the time with anything I could get my hands on. <laughs> it didn't matter what. The bubble wrap. Oh, the bubble wrap. 
the way it pop, pop, popped. I just couldn't get enough. That was probably my rock bottom. Thankfully, my Kickstarter community told me there was hope. From the people that brought you Duet comes over-the-counter Fidget Cube. Fidget Cube is a vinyl desk toy designed to satisfy any urges to click, roll, spin, and other common fidgety impulses without driving your colleagues and loved ones away. Fidget Cube is a cube that you fidget with. Studies have suggested that fidgeting increases focus and improves productivity. Side effects may include a sudden ability to cope with boring meetings, pay attention in class, power through Netflix marathons. Fidget Cube is designed to allow discreet fidgeting in any setting. Do not use Fidget Cube if you have an aversion to rectangular prisms. Fidget Cube lets me satisfy my fidgeting without endlessly annoying those around me. I thought I could stop at any time, and now I realize I don't want to. Fidget Cube can help. Take the first step to fidgeting freedom today. Okay, so in all seriousness, we may joke about fidgeting and we give our friends and coworkers a hard time for the pen clicking and the nail biting, but what if there aren't something? What if fidgeting is a coping mechanism, a way for us to stay focused and more present in the moment? Some scientists smarter than us believe that we have this thing called floating attention, which makes it hard for us to focus in certain circumstances. Oh, hey Mark. Yeah. Yeah, and actually fidgeting has been shown to be able to help keep that floating attention occupied, which helps you better focus on the task at hand. What's maybe even a little crazier is that some recent studies have suggested that students who use fidgeting as a mechanism during test taking tend to perform better on those tests than when they're required to sit still. Fidget Cube has been a project we've dreamt about for almost four years now, and we're excited to finally be bringing it to you. It's been a long road with a lot of prototypes, but we think you're going to love it. When designing Fidget Cube, we wanted to ensure two things. First, the functionality needed to truly satisfy fidgeting needs. It needed to be an entire toolbox of fidgety options while staying small and compact. Which leads us to our second and equally important priority. We wanted Fidget Cube to be a premium desk toy that could be discreetly used in any situation, from a classroom to a boardroom. The Fidget Cube, of course, has six sides. I think Fidget Cube has so many different applications and we're so looking forward to you trying that one for yourself. 
Thank you so much for your support. So, DigiCube is a six-sided desk toy that lets you do something with your hands and helps keep you engaged in the environment around you. Um, it's got buttons, it's got wheels, it's got all sorts of things, little clicky things for you to play with. Looks pretty cool. Okay. Does look really cool. Um, it's a desk toy for anyone who likes to fidget. So you can get one for $19 plus shipping. Um, there was a $14 early backer, but that's gone, of course. They were Damn. Ask, they were asking for 15000 originally. They're currently at three million eight hundred thousand for eight hundred forty-one thousand. Holy shit! So, um, I know that Cheryl likes to. My wife likes to, like, play with stuff while she's listening to boring meetings, and this seems like perfect for her. So, I might have to get this. It says it will come out before Christmas, so that'd be perfect. It says estimated deliver December, two thousand sixteen. So I would hope it come out, but I don't know. Looks really cool. Check it out. It is the Fidget Cube. Oh, let's let's go down to the very last since we do. Yeah, let's say, come on now, man. All right, for eight hundred forty nine dollars, which isn't that much, you get eighty Fidget Cubes. So you just basically oh, get a huge discount. Like if you wanted everyone in your office to have Fidget Cubes, this is the way to go. But that brings I it down to I might buy this. that brings it down to almost um, ten bucks a cube. Well, if you're serious about buying it, um, we should go in together because I think. There's a two level that would make more sense. Thirty-five dollars for two. Right, and there might be a shipping discount for two. Anyway, we'll talk later. That's the fidget cube. What you got today? Sweet. This week, guys, I have the Wolf. Supercharge your laptop. So I'm gonna go ahead and let them talk about it, and we'll be right back. These are some of today's top-of-the-line laptops. Built with the most premium components and known for their iconic, sleek design, people expect to use these laptops for everything. Professional work, communication, leisure. But I can't play any of the latest games on my laptop. And I can't use the Oculus Rift. And I can't handle my design and video projects. Hi, I'm Dino, and I love my laptop, but it's just not powerful enough. I'm told that if I want a laptop, I have to sacrifice performance for portability. So to get the performance I need, I have to either buy an expensive desktop computer or build my own. I can buy an external hard drive to increase the storage of my laptop, so why can't I buy something that I just plug in to increase its performance as well? That's why we've created The Wolf, the no-hassle solution that turns your laptop into a mobile powerhouse. Plug in, power up, and do all the gaming, graphic design, and other professional work on the device you already own. You never have to buy a desktop again. The core of the Wolf is powered by a professional desktop-level graphics card, giving you up to 10 times the graphical computing speed of today's typical consumer laptops. Bidirectional data flows allow for both external and internal display, and the sturdy construction and ergonomic design of the central housing are optimized for both thermal dissipation and portability. The Wolf brings an entirely new set of possibilities and applications to laptop users. High-speed rendering, professional-level 3D modeling graphic design, hardware-accelerated programming, all things that until now would force you to purchase a desktop. And of course, the Wolf can run all the latest AAA games at a level that completely outperforms the Xbox One, PS4, and even most desktops. But what we're most excited about is the fact that the Wolf lets you use the HTC Vive and Oculus Rift on your MacBook, and we're the first product in the world that can do that. We are incredibly proud to be the ones that let you finally experience VR at an affordable price. We've been developing the Wolf for over a year at Harvard's Innovation Lab in Cambridge. 
After countless iterations, we're finally ready to deliver a product that we really think you're going to love, and one that we've confirmed we can produce at scale. As gamers, designers, and programmers, The Wolf has already improved our lives dramatically, and we want to share that feeling with everyone. You can breathe life into your old computer or supercharge your new one. The Wolf enhances productivity, development, and entertainment for everyone on both Windows and Mac OS. We want to be the guys to bridge the performance gap and bring VR and game developers to every platform. And with your help, we can make that happen. We want this technology to be accessible and affordable to everyone. So that's why we're making The Wolf available to you, our backers, at what it costs to make. Because we cannot wait to see what you're going to do with it. So please, back us on Kickstarter and join the pack. So as you guys just heard, The Wolf is a high-performance gaming virtual reality graphics design and video editing sphere for laptops. Um, especially your MacBooks is the very first thing on the market that will bring HTC Vive and Oculus right to your Mac. You're making it sound complicated. Basically, it's a graphics card in a box that hooks up to your laptop. Fine, man. I was trying to make this sound like all super techie and like really sophisticated. It's a fucking box. It's a fucking box with a cord. It's It's a fucking box with a couple cords. There might be a stick of dynamite in there. (laughs) You never know. What they've done is they've slapped a video card in there, a high-end video card, um, and I believe it's coming with a GTX 1060. Um, Currently, they do have stretch goals where I believe they up it to... uh, Actually, they started off with the 950. Mm -hmm. The Pro runs on the 970. They just reached their very first stretch goal, which brings... Um, the 1060. So if you have backed at the Wolf Pro level, instead of getting a 970, you'll get a 1060. That's cool. Um, which is pretty freaking awesome. So for five dollars, you get a thank you. Ten dollars, you get a decal. Twenty-five, you get a shirt. Uh, Two hundred sixty-nine dollars, you get your own. Try building your own GPU. It comes with all the parts you need to turn your GPU into a hacker's wolf. DIY kit includes the Wolf Enclosure, PCB, Thunderbolt, PCIe, 220 power or watt mobile PSU power supply unit, Thunderbolt cable. Um, the early bird was $399. Uh, it's already taken. $449 gets you the standard. The Pro is at $549, which actually isn't much more than the 1060 itself, so that's pretty cool. How much is a 1060 um, typically? Um, let me check that out really quick. So for a 549, you got you get not only the 960, or sorry, the 1060, but you get an enclosure, enclosure, the cords, power supply, all that fun stuff. So it's about half the price of it. It's about 269 to 289 okay. is what the 1060s are going for right now. All right. So about half the price. If you want to move it up, I'm moving on up. To the best one, $2,799 US dollars gets you the pack for enterprise and education. Wait, five, wait, like the Wolf Pack? Like the Wolf Pack. It gets you five of the Wolf Pros for business research and education. Inside each is a 970, which is now upgraded to a 1060. Note, you can choose a Thunderbolt 2 or 3 throughout Backer Kit in our post-campaign survey. Also, backers will likely have the option of choosing a 1060 instead of a 970. International backers, please get in touch with us at info at wolfpack.io so we can make shipping arrangements. 
Um, so that's what you get for basically twenty eight hundred dollars, uh, which is pretty cool. I guess you get five of them, which is a uh, discount of. Hold on, Tim's doing all these discount things. I gotta do a discount thing. Calculator. All right, so five forty nine times five. Oh wait, you're not getting a discount at all. It's the same. No, it's cheaper if you buy five of them. Oh, that's stupid. What the fuck? Am I misreading something? Yeah, it's like 50 bucks fucking cheaper if you buy five of the pros. What the hell? Did I do something wrong? Oh, that's early bird. Hold on. Five ninety nine. Uh, I, I read that wrong. Five ninety nine, guys. Oh, okay. If you want five ninety nine times five. So you do get a discount. You get basically a $200 discount. All right. I don't know why you need five of these, but cool if you do. Yep, exactly. So, um, that, that, what do you think of the solution for making a laptop into a, I don't know, a gaming or VR machine? Um, I think it'd be cool if it actually works. Yeah. Has there been anything like this before? uh, I mean, they've got like the Alienware, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? I can't remember. Like the little GPU that sits on the outside that you can plug in to like up it. Okay. But the thing, the thing that they're also not taking into consideration is, or maybe I missed this somewhere in there, is like if your CPUs aren't good enough, like you're not gonna, it's not really gonna matter if your, um, you know your graphics card is like a 1060 because if your CPU, like if you're still running like a Pentium four processor. Mm-hmm. Or like a dual core processor, where these are like requiring quad cores, or like in my case, eight cores. Um, I mean, this isn't gonna really do you jack shit. So your graphics will look amazing, but you're not gonna be able to process it fast enough. So it'll look amazing one frame at a time. Exactly. Right. So you get to like uh, stop and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. So like you get to have VR motion sickness. Sweet. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, it it's cool if you've got like a nicer laptop that just doesn't have the graphics card component to it this is a good move instead of having to build a desktop or buy a new laptop or you know so this is a good move for those people that have a decent laptop or even a decent desktop but don't have the well the desktop that actually be pretty stupid this is a good move for the people that have a decent laptop but don't not decent enough to run vr or the Mac people who don't have uh, the VR component, uh, you know, stuff in their computer, but they have like, good enough RAM and they have good enough uh, CPU, and so. Cool. Well, it's an yeah, interesting product for sure, and definitely the kind of thing that Kickstarter is good for, like, to see if there's actually des- like consumer demand for something like this. Like, if we weren't already thinking about building a desktop, this would probably be a good choice over just hooking it into your Alienware. Okay. Or something like that. Beefing up uh, my Alpha? Yeah, beefing up your Alpha. Since I can't upgrade Um, my my, uh, GPU ever. Well, I think that we could. It says you can't. It's integrated. Oh, that's right. Yours is the integrated one, huh? I think they all are. The Alphas. Oh, are they? I think so. Oh. That sucks. Well, I mean, they go for the really small form factor and the price, so you got to make sacrifices. Very true, very true. So, Tim, you ready to move on over to game industry news and events? Yeah, let's do it. Um, All right, sweet, Tim. Let's kick this 
Uh, sure, we got some news. A lot of PlayStation news this week. Um, PlayStation announced two new consoles, but they are still PlayStation 4s. So they're not calling it the PlayStation 4 Slim, but that's basically what it is. It's a slimmer PlayStation 4, and going forward, starting the 15th, um, basically any PlayStation 4 that's manufactured will be the this newer, slimmer model. And it's like, um, I think like 20 to 30% smaller, and also runs 28% less um, power, so that's good. The other cool thing about it is it has a physical power on and off button, because that's one of the most annoying things about my current yeah. PS4, is you just brush against it and it turns itself on. Not a huge deal, but it, it is kind of annoying. The one downside I've heard of the Slim is it does not have a, um, what's it called, an optical audio out. So for some people, that might mess up their setup. You still got HDMI. Um, most people probably be fine, but if you're running an older stereo system or something, that might screw you up. They also announced the PlayStation 4 Pro, which will be coming out November 10th. And this is to sort of run... Well, they're make, they're being very coy about saying 4K. They're saying it will run near 4K, or basically what they're saying is they don't know if it'll run native 4K, but it'll run um, upscale 4K. Huh. Um, and to go along with both these models, um, today they just launched a firmware update 4.0, and one of the biggest Which things on it was um, that makes everything HDR compatible. Yes. Right? So now if you have an HDR screen with that nice dynamic color range, you can see the blacks a lot better. Um, the color spectrum will be smoother, and that'll look good on all your PlayStation 4s no matter what. So not just the Pro will get the benefit of HDR, which is, that's that's pretty cool. The stupid thing that I heard, this, the biggest complaint that I, well, I don't really have it because I'm not really a PlayStation person, but the uh, biggest complaint that I've heard from people is that Sony owns the rights to 4K Blu-ray, well, Blu-ray in general, but 4K Blu-ray mm-hmm. as well, and their PlayStation 4 Pro will not be able to read 4K Blu-rays. Yeah, that's really weird. I don't, I mean, yeah, that's definitely something strange. Because all the way since PlayStation 2, they've kind of made that a feature. No, PlayStation 3 was Blu-ray. Well, PlayStation 2 had DVD, though, right? Oh, yes, it did. Yeah. So people were using that for their home player. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's weird for them to stop there. Yeah, it's kind of weird that you can only stream 4K But stuff. it must be just to keep it under $400. It's got to be hard to... They haven't released a price point for the Pro, have yes, they? Yes, they have. It's three ninety-nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that must be it then. And it's going to have a new controller too. Um, both models, I think, actually a different light bar and slightly different um, thumb pads. Huh. And then yeah. we have some sad PlayStation news. Um, <laughs> PlayStation's full of all the sad news this week. Well, remember our, our uh, pedicab ride? Yeah. And how they told us Last Guardian was coming out October 25th? Yeah, he was like super psyched about it too. There was, was like, like a sticker on it. There was a sticker on the bike and everything. Yeah, he, like, kept saying it. Um, that's not going to be the case anymore. What? Shuhai Yoshida, president... We need to go back to Seattle right now and slap the shit out of that pedicab driver. Hey, he was a nice guy. It's not his... Yeah, but he fucking lied to me, man. No, no, this is the guy we have to get. Shuhai Yoshida, president of Worldwide Studios, in a blog post today said, Last Guardian development team is fast approaching manager milestones of production, has made the tough decision to delay the release of Last Guardian a few weeks. How is this a tough decision? They've been doing this for years. It, it's been in development since I, two, I think 2007. Tough, I think the tough decision would be like, actually, guys, we're going to release this. So 
I don't know. I'm, I'm really worried about this project. I, I like the previous games from this developer, but I don't know. And I guess December 6th, when it's coming out, is up against a lot of other major releases. So that's not it's not going to do well, even if it's a good game. It would have done better uh, in, in October launch window. That's insane, dude. Yeah, it was first shown off in 2009 as a PlayStation 3 game. 2015, it was re-unveiled as a PlayStation 4 game. And then on this year's E3, they said it would be released on the 25th of October. And now it's, gonna be a now it's December game. 6th. That's going to be a PS5 game, I guess. If it doesn't come out this year, I'm just writing it off. I think a lot of people wrote this one off. Yeah, um, that's not good. But let's move on to games that are being released. Sweet. Tuesday, September 13th. Hey, that's today. That. I was just going to say that. Psychopaths! Mandatory Happiness. I like that PS4. title. I don't even know what the game is, but that's a cool title. I know. I get a, I get a pass. That's what it means. The Witness, Xbox One. Don't Starve Together, PS4, which I've had that on, like, freaking PC forever. No, no, there's... Bioshock, The Collection. Okay. PC, PS4, Xbox One. Now here's my beef. You actually had to email... Um, oh, shit. Who the fuck makes Bioshock again? Uh, isn't it 2K? I think, yep. I think it's 2K. You had to email 2K your... Uh, it was either the receipt or the uh, game key okay. for your PC boxed edition if you wanted the free upgrade to the collection. Okay. So that's pretty stupid. Dead Rising Triple Pack, guys. PC, PS4, Xbox One. I like that because that means three people are going to be rising from the dead. Pac-Man Championship Edition 2, which is... Uh, I don't think we needed a second edition of this, but PC, PS4, Xbox One. This one's pathetic. Pro Evolution Soccer 2017. PES, for short. PC, PS3, what the fuck? PS4, Xbox 360. Again, what the fuck? Xbox One. So why is it pathetic? Why the fuck PS3 and Xbox 360? You guys are... I mean, obviously everybody's going to be getting uh, up ports. They're not going to down down port to the PS3 and Xbox 360. Don't sports They're games do that a lot? Is launch them on all systems? Well, that's stupid. So is NBA Q217 coming out on PS3 and Xbox 360? Not as far as I know. All right. Fair enough. Oh, fuck, it is! <laughs> oh, that's stupid. Recorp, that's PC, stupid. Xbox, it's fucking stupid, guys. Everspace. Right. You heard it here. Zach says NBA 2K17 is fucking stupid. I say it's fucking stupid to release on old-ass consoles. No, I heard we're you say like, I heard you like say it was stupid. Fuck, we're fucking six years into this current generation. Why are we still releasing games on the old Because console? a lot of sports game players don't upgrade their systems because they're lazy. Well, tough shit. Well, Everspace, they want their early access, PC, Xbox One, Wait. Divinity, Origin, Sin 2, early access, PC, PlayStation 4 Slim. Comes out. September 15th. I wonder if you could find it somewhere right now, only two days ahead of time. Um, I'm pretty positive you probably could. There's already been some unboxing videos like over in Europe and shit. Yeah. Um, where people like just didn't realize the packaging was wrong, and they just put them out on the shelves. Q. Uh... Fractured Space, PC. Dragon Quest, 7. Fragments of the Forgotten Past. 3DS, what the hell? September 16th, people, here we coming up. And this is actually on the wrong date. This is supposed to be September 20th. 
wherever we got this list from says September 16th. NBA 2K16 or 17. Is it Shit. possibly a pre-order bonus to unlock it? It is a pre- it's a pre-order bonus you get on the 16th. PC PS3 what the <laughs> fuck? PS4 stupid ass Xbox 360 Xbox 1. I still don't get why the hell Do you have an Xbox 360? I don't. Do you have a PS3? I do. I should get you that version. No, you shouldn't. Yes, I should. I'm getting it on PC. Don't waste your money. Mountain Blade Warband PS4 Xbox One. Is that is that all of it until next week? I think so. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to this week's question. Which after this week's question, we're gonna be rolling back to our packs wrap up, guys. So this week's question is for Tim: What is your secret weapon against the cold? Or flu. So I've been drinking orange juice and a lot of broth-based soups. But I was actually just thinking uh, ramen. Yeah. If we went had that would be epic. That would be nice, but I honestly couldn't drive that far right now. It's pretty hard to drive even 15 minutes. Okay. You can't. Get, you cannot be, get good think, ramen in Vancouver. You have to drive to Portland. It sucks. I think it'd be really bad if I brought it back. You could probably be like lukewarm. By yeah, that point. I don't. I don't think that would work out. But I appreciate the thought. That's my answer. That or beer. Not, a, mm. not beer. Sorry. Probably whiskey. <laughs> uh, I know someone has swore by Jägermeister said it would cure all ills. Oh, it'll cure a lot of shit, but it's not going in me. Um, so you want to hit the Prex wrap-up? Yeah, sure. Why don't we wrap up uh, Monday? Sure. Um, so what did you see on Monday? So I saw a game called Karma First Incarnation. Okay. And... It's planned to be, I believe, a three-part. That's why it's called First Incarnation. And you're basically trying to save the world, but you get the choice to do it in a like a good way or an evil way. And that's kind of like the hook of the game. Option two, please. So I've got a short interview with the uh, developer here, and I'll play that. All right, so I'm here uh, checking out Karma, and I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. Uh, my name is Roman Pawlowski. I'm producer of Karma Incarnation 1. So it's a point-and-click adventure. And we have a story about love between men and women. And uh, evil comes and steals the women. And evil was so powerful that man comes to God and asks if there is any way to rescue her. So God says that the only way is to born like a dragon and defeat the evil. Okay. So you have to born like a dragon, but some, something happens. And he was born like a worm. So this worm comes across difficulties of the game and try to make a decision between good and evil. And depends on the decision he makes, storyline changes. So okay. this is the main idea. So you can progress either in an evil path or a good path. Yes, that's right. So uh, this is first version of the game. And the story uh, covers more than a uh, few series around. So this is only the first story. Is that why it's called Incarnation 1? Incarnation 2, Incarnation 3 and so on will be also available soon. And uh, how, how soon will Incarnation 1 be released? Uh, it will have released on 21st of September on the Steam. Okay. And uh, so in a few weeks later on mobile. It's uh, very colorful. Will your character change appearance based on the good or evil decisions? Yes. So when you uh, make uh, evil decisions, uh, you have something like more than... Uh, I'm not sure, like bullcrap, you know? What's that? Uh, horns? Yes, that's right. 
So this is frame by frame animation, like cartoon. Okay. Uh, and uh, we have found the cartoon maker and uh, make a so deal with him. So hand drawn then? Yes, and make deal with him about a game around this idea. So the game is like an interactive cartoon. It does look like a cartoon. Fin finally, yes, very beautiful. Yes, when we when we found this uh, artwork, uh, we have to make a game with this because it must be here. Yes. It's, I'm glad you made it. It looks great. Thank you. Sweet. Then the next bunch of games are all from Adult Swim's booth, which was um, really tucked away, but they had an amazing lineup. Like, they had some good games on, on display. Um, in no particular order, uh, Battle Chef Brigade um, looked like a lot of fun. It was kind of, uh, you know the TV show Chopped or Iron Chef, like a cooking... Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like that. You have to match three ingredients to make your, your dish. But the first part of the game is you running around um, killing monsters and collecting those ingredients. And it's sort of in a kind of semi-anime style. Um, it looks really cool um, and fun. And I have a short interview Sweet. with that as well. So we're talking with Tom about Battle Chef Brigade. And please tell us about the game. Yeah, so it's a fantasy cooking competition, basically. So you got orcs and elves and humans hunting monsters in the arenas they bring those ingredients back to the kitchen to make dishes for the judges nice so it's all sort of anime art style mm -hmm. rpg light where you're doing jobs in town you like you might be doing a cooking puzzle or you might do a hunting challenge from the hunter's guild or work in the restaurant so that you can upgrade your pots and pans and as well as your combat abilities so that you can challenge other chefs as you progress through a tournament Is there sort of like a reality show Chopped vibe exactly. going on? But yeah, like, Chopped was the show we were watching when with we came a, sort of an anime spin to it. So yeah. obviously I see a timer on the screen. So Yeah, yeah so you gotta, you gotta cook and hunt within the same timer. And are, are other players doing the same thing at the same time? Yeah, so over on the other side is an AI chef okay. making their dish. So it's very much Iron Chef. This is the kitchen coliseum, and you're facing off against chefs that you've challenged. Very cool. So are you trying to make a specific dish, or do you have a bit of creativity for yeah, what you so make? Yeah, so that's or? something that we really wanted to do when we were watching Chopped originally. We wanted mm -hmm. to capture a lot of that improvisational cooking. Okay. Something like Iron Chef or Chopped or Master Chef, where you don't have complete control. You're not told to follow a recipe. You're making up. In this case, you sort of build your own puzzle, Tetris style, and then you make a dish. You solve your own puzzle, basically. So there's kind of, um, within each game, there's a hunting and collecting, and then there's a cooking and yeah, preparation? Yeah, there's a cooking, yeah. Is there any other um, stage, I guess, to the game? Yeah, or? so like uh, an individual duel is like that, but then there's a lot of story. Each of our playable chefs has a story that involves going to that town I mentioned and like visiting their families, you're making food for their families. All, all the sort of food culture that we can ram into one game. So each chef sort of has their own mini campaign exactly, in, in a way? Yeah. And, and how many chefs are there? Four playable eventually. Okay. We've got and two here today. Uh, looks like a lot of fun. Um, when is it coming out, roughly, and what platform? 2017, as early as we can pull it off. <laughs> and Steam, or? Yes, yeah, Steam and consoles will be announced. Perfect, thank you very much. Thank you. Next we have Katana Zero, and this is a super fast-paced game um, Side-scrolling, you're a ninja just bouncing around everywhere, and um, I'll let him talk about it real quick here. So we're here with Justin, and you are showing Katana Zero. Yes. And can you tell those who can't obviously see it what kind of game it is? Definitely. So Katana Zero is a neo-noir action platformer with a focus on tight, fast-paced acrobatic combat. Everybody dies in one hit, so it's brutally difficult. 
uh, you the enemies. So you really have to approach all the enemies with a sense of respect and try to treat all of them as an equal because they're all extremely powerful. And they can end your run just in a second if you're not careful. Um, uh, it's pretty much 80s the video game, neon lights everywhere, driving synth pop soundtrack. Uh, you can dodge roll, you can slow down time and slash people's bullets back at them, wall jump, pretty much anything cool that you want to do, you can do it. So um, has this really quick, fast uh, gameplay loop where you die really easily, but every time that you replay, you get a little bit further and do a little bit better until at the end you can uh, complete an entire run in one go and it just feels so satisfying and badass. So um, visually, the game reminds me of a couple things. I don't know if you've seen a while back, I think it was called Ninja 5.0, no, Ninja 5.0 or um, Ninja Gaiden back way back on the NES, but, but this moves way faster. Yeah. Um, so that's what it, the first visual stylings kind of struck me, but what were some of your influences for, for this game? For visuals? Um, well, there's this whole style of OutRun games, which, um, you know, like uh, Hotline Miami and mm -hmm. um, Ronin. It definitely moves fast like Hotline Miami from, from looking at it. Yeah, definitely. It has a very similar gameplay loop where it's very instant death, but you get right back into it every single time. Um, but the visual style is very much just like 80s, very cinematic. Uh, right now they're playing through the penthouse level, which you can see has like the glowing lights through the windows and everything. So it's a really, I'm trying to like focus on a really nice, colorful, beautiful art style uh, in comparison to all the gross like gore everywhere, which is sort of the whole idea behind neo-noir, that it's like a very gritty, dark underbelly, but very flashy, uh, lots of lights everywhere, kind of like this crisp sheen over like, yeah, a gritty dark underbelly. Well, it looks great. Um, where and when can we find this game? Uh, 2017. And Steam or? Definitely Steam uh, as consoles as well. All right, thanks a lot. Rain World was another one that uh, piqued my interest. Um, looked like a much slower game than Katana Zero, uh, much more thoughtful. It was side-scrolling, but there's like puzzles involved. You're this uh, little cat bug creature, and your family gets killed by the rain in the very beginning, so that's kind of sad. And Aww. you have to go around in the sewers and stuff and figure out, like, all these other creatures, like, habits and kind of use them against each other. Um, but he kind of explains that in the interview you're about to hear right now. So, uh, you are James with, uh, sorry, what studio? Uh, Video Cults. We're cool. a small little studio, just started up. And please tell me about Rainworld. Definitely. So, Rainworld, you play as a cute little weird slug cat creature. Okay. Which has been separated from its family in some sort of like dramatic flood or ecological catastrophe. And you're basically, you're just a lost alone in this big crazy world filled with things trying to eat you and you're trying to, uh, trying to survive. You try to find food before the rains start at night. You try to avoid predators and you kind of try to make it, make your way back to your family. So it looks like it has a pretty cool um, 2D uh, black and white aesthetic going on, mostly. Yeah, I mean, or is the, that just the particular area you're showing right now? This is like the this is like the starting area is kind of underground, so it's a bit you know the classic. Um, is there any special mechanics you have as a bug or a cat? Was it a cat slug? Yeah, uh, it's kind of, the story about the slug cat's kind of funny. We never really named the character; it was just a fantasy character. Uh -huh. uh, but when we were showing initial videos online on like YouTube, our YouTube channel, we had this one. Uh, I think it was like a Japanese fan that every. He wouldn't speak any English other than just he'd write slug cat in every video. So eventually we're like, all right, you win, it's a slug cat. But, oh, for mechanics, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just like uh, hunting food and uh, you can kind of grab uh, rocks and spears and sticks and stuff that's on the ground and use them to defend yourselves. You said um, you're doing all this before the rain comes. Like, that's yeah. bad. What, what happens when the rain comes? Um, it's, it's like... Um, 
it's like super heavy rain, and it kills you if you're if you're exposed to it for too long. Okay. So basically, like, the, it's kind of an ecosystem simulator. It's, there's like lots and lots of different creatures that live in this big open world environment and you're kind of like navigating your way through it so the all of the creatures have total agency over the map they're hunting food they're trying to find shelters they're having like territorial squabbles they're eating each other okay. so a lot of the game is like uh, learning the behaviors of the different creatures and then using them against each other like one sort of vulture will prefer to eat a pink lizard so if you can lure a vulture and a pink lizard together you can like pass this room and that sort of thing gotcha but we um, you know the concept was kind of like a Metroidvania, uh, except for you know how in Metroidvania games you start out and you're like you're really underpowered yes. and you have like a little pea shooter right. and you're sneaking around because everything around every corner is gonna kill you and I really like that sort of anxious feeling in the beginning of those games but then later on as the game develops you get a bunch of power ups and you turn into like badass nine thousand right. which just like kills everything in your way and th that I find really boring personally so we tried to make this game sort of a situation where you have that level of um, you're, you're afraid throughout the entire game like okay. you learn things and you build confidence but like pretty much every at every point in the game you are underpowered you are um, you're the underdog and you have to kind of like use your wits the entire time sounds great uh, so what platform um, are you on um, Steam for PC Mac Linux and uh, PlayStation 4 we're gonna do a co-release uh, early 2017 sounds good thanks a lot thank you very much all right, so this one looked fun. Uh, Raise the Dead is a game of what happens right after you become a zombie. Um, and I'm just going to let her describe it because it sounds awesome. And it's very colorful, by the way. All right, so we're here with Anna. We're going to talk about Raise the Dead. We are. Um, have you heard anything about Raise the Dead? Just the title and that I'm hearing buzz about it that it's awesome. Oh, so that's so fantastic. Treat, me, treat me like I don't know anything okay. about it. Okay, all right. So Raise the Dead is an action-adventure zombie puzzle game. Um, think along the lines of zombie Pikmin. So you get a whole bunch of zombies. Zombie to, Pikmin. Yes, that right? Then you can't get better than that. No. Um, so basically we have Ray. He is a freshly resurrected zombie. Okay. He wakes up. He doesn't know what's going on. Life is confusing. You know, he's frightened. He's confused. He's got this giant light bulb on his head. And he doesn't know anything about that. And then, through going along the levels, there are certain events that trigger um, to flashbacks in his life. So you get to play it not only as Ray as a zombie, but you also get to see him as a human. Okay. And through going along and solving puzzles and exploring the world, you get to find out the mystery involving his death, um, why he's a zombie, and what's going on with that light bulb on top of his head. Cool. So there's yeah. some story involved too, not there just is. not just collection. And... Yep. It's a dual narrative. Nice. Um, also, you know, you get to raise your the biggest zombie army that you can to help you defeat your enemies, and okay. that's pretty rad as well. Um, any other questions about um, anything else? The art style looks really cool. Yeah. Who, um, what inspirations or what artists did you get for the project? Matt, or anything it, you can tell me about the art, basically. Yeah, Matt is our artist, and he did a phenomenal job with all of the artwork. Um, obviously, a lot of his inspiration is from the 80s, so we have like a lot of 80s homage. There's a lot of... Um, it sort of gives me kind of a Nickelodeon vibe in a way. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure entirely his, you know, for sure inspirations, because he's not here repping today, but he just did a phenomenal job with all the zombies. He did so many different zombie skins, so like different heads, different legs, different lay, uh, different arms, and every time you know you see these zombies, they're completely different from the next time someone else is going to play and see those zombies. So obviously Ray is a character, um, is it a single player game? It is a okay. single player game, yep. Cool. And um, when will it be coming out, for what platform? 2017, mm -hmm. and that will be for PS4 and PC. 
Next we have Rise and Shine, which is a side-scrolling shooter. So now we're checking out Rise and Shine, and it looks gorgeous, like amazing layers of uh, graphics for a 2D side-scroller. There's things in the foreground, things in the background, um, kind of a almost cartoon-like, cel-shaded look. Um, but tell me more what's going on with Rise and Shine here. Yeah, absolutely. So Rise and Shine is a uh, 2D, um, kind of like a running gun game, but we're calling it a thinking gun. There's a lot of puzzle elements built in there as well. Okay. So as you progress, you unlock different bullet abilities, and those bullet abilities are actually part and parcel to solving the puzzles in-game. Nice. Yeah. The, um, you mentioned the art. So the art is... It stands out pretty... pretty. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's, it's all hand-drawn start to finish. And instead of having a lot of tiled assets, it's actually each level is a big set piece that you progress through. Awesome. So it's all very handcrafted, a, a lot of love. Uh, yeah. You definitely need to check out uh, video and screenshots of Rise and Shine if you haven't seen this game. Um, so when is it coming out? So Rise and Shine will be also in 2017 okay. on Xbox One and Steam. All right. Sounds good. It, you need to see pictures of this game. The, the, the art is hand-drawn, and it looks amazing. Like, it's mostly 2D. There's some layer effects, but uh, it looks really cool. Um, so is that like when the game starts up, it's like, Rise and shine, bitches! I'm not sure why it's called that um, for a side-scrolling sh shooting game, but it looks really cool, and you should definitely check it out. The last one is uh, old favorite from the Genesis days, like way back... So you were saying the studio that started this was Human Nature Studios. Human Nature Studios that started on Kickstarter. This is Toe Gem and Earl. Yep. Yeah, they opened a Kickstarter about a year and a half ago to do the sequel to Toe Gem and Earl that everybody wanted. The original came out on the Sega Genesis in the early '90s, and then there were two sequels: one for the Genesis, one for the Xbox, the original Xbox, and they weren't quite the same game. And the basic story here are, is that Tojam, Earl, and uh, his friends have crash-landed once again on Earth, just like in the first game, and the Ratmaster rocket, which is their spaceship, has once again been scattered into a bunch of pieces for you to collect. Uh, the levels here are randomly generated after the first one. Um, and you can interact now with the trees and bushes and foliage, uh, try to get presents out of them. The main mechanic is you gather presents and use them uh, for various powers. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. You just had one that expelled all your presents, so you dropped all your presents that you had. Um, you just picked up a broken present. Oh, which uh, Earl had the power already to, uh, to fix, so you already fixed it. It's an identify present, so when you get another present with question marks, you can identify it using that one. But the unique thing about this game is that it's different every time you play. The levels are randomly generated and populated with earthlings that uh, try to harm you, and you have to find pieces of your ship on... Uh, random ones. For this demo, there's a ship piece on every level. So when you're getting to a level, at the beginning it'll tell you if there's a ship piece or not? Yep. Sometimes there won't be? Sometimes there won't be, that's right. You can hit the X button to bring up a, a map in the corner of the screen, and if you hold down the button, it'll bring up a larger map, so you can see uh, in more detail. So, interact with, uh... so the good earthlings have sparkles around them, the bad ones don't, so you want to avoid the ones that don't have sparkles around them. Is there a run button? 
there is there is if you have uh, the sneakers. So you get high top sneakers. You can run with those. It's basically, if you have the right present, you can run. But you can't right now. So some of the Earthlings require some cash to give you a power up or to help you. Uh, others will just do it out of the kindness of their heart. Uh, you were double tapping the A button, which is sort of like a, a dousing mechanic. Like it'll tell you if, or it'll show you if there are anything hidden in trees or bushes, those will start shaking. And you can go up and shake them get a, a present or uh, could be it, that again could be a good thing could be a bad thing if you want to hide you can hide behind the sunflowers here and the enemies will lose track of you that's new for this game is it only sunflowers or any bushes sunflowers cool. just sunflowers because those are tall enough to hide you, you see. of course yeah that's useful actually Check. yeah what so you just entered the hyperfunk zone this is a bonus stage from the second toe mineral game on Genesis and uh, if you press the A button, you'll duck behind things. You can duck behind gates that slow you down or the, the transporter that transported you back to Earth. Of course, one of the uh, unique things about the original game was the funky soundtrack. Mm -hmm. This game has 26 tracks. Some are reimagined versions of uh, the old game's tunes and a lot of uh, original ones. So yeah, you have the high tops now. You hold down A, yeah, you'll run. Do a little shuffle. So right now, uh, a lot of games are, it's really popular to have procedurally generated worlds where like every time you play it's different. Toe Jam and Earl did this way back in the, the Sega Genesis. Like they did it, they were like way ahead of their time. And there were some sequels that kind of sucked, but there was a Kickstarter campaign and then Adult Swim backed it. And a true spiritual successor to Toe Jam and Earl is coming out now. And I couldn't be happier. Nice! So those are the games I checked out. Um, like I said, mostly at Adult Swim, with the exception of Karma. Um, what did you check out? So the games that I checked out on Monday uh, were really not that many, but I did check out uh, this one game called one game called Deluvian. Okay. Um, so basically, it is an open world underwater submarine game uh, where you start off with a tiny little submarine and you have to explore underneath the water and you have to take care of your crew members and you have to interact with them and uh, basically you're scavenging for metals to upgrade your submarine or you're scavenging for oxygen to stay underneath the water. Um, the creator of it did tell me that you're going to be able to do trade with people on land. So you might be able to find like really rare um, items. The map is ginormous. He showed me one section of the map. In, within one section, I was in one wing, and I probably played for 45 minutes and did not even do the whole entire thing. Cool. Um, there are epic underwater battles okay. um, that I did get to take part of in one, and I was the only one all PAX weekend to actually complete it. Nice. And... Uh, it took me forever, but I did do it, and he was surprised beyond belief, actually. Um, and it looks really fun. So it's called Diluvian. I'm going to spell that because I'm probably saying it wrong. It's D-I-L-U-V-I-O-N. 
Um, it's from an indie game developer. It's been in production. And they have these like really cool like steampunk-made uh, uh, mouse and keyboards. Mm-hmm. They were like super awesome to play on. Um, and I'm going to try to figure out where they have those made and maybe have some sent to me. That'd be cool. Cool. Um, I also got to catch up with the uh, creators of Crashlands, Butterscotch Shenanigans. Um, I got to go hang out with Adam, I believe his name was. Now, that's going to be wrong, I guarantee you now. Um, I'm going to look that up just to make sure I said that correctly. Looking through my emails. Looking through my emails. Uh, 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 my emails. Uh, uh, uh. I was right, Adam. So I got to hang out with Adam. Uh, I got to go back behind their booth and hang out and talk to them about uh, their new creator. Um, Basically, they have made a developer tool um, where all the Crashlands... Basically, the engine, the game engine and game creator that they use to make Crashlands, they have not dumbed down, but beautified so that the layperson knows what it does and can understand and navigate it. Um, so now it's time so, for me to play? Exactly. So basically, what what they have done now is they've opened up their servers to allow people to make worlds, okay. their own worlds, which is going to be coming soon. You can get in on this creator and create your own world, your own story. It doesn't have to be Crashlands anymore. It could be Lonely Controller Land. And it could be the story of your character that you fully customize with different different parts that are in the original Crashlands or new pieces that they throw in there. You make the civilizations. You make the rule. It could just be an exploration game, and that's all there is. There's no end game to it. You're just going around and gathering materials. Or it's a farming simulator um, that you just grow a bunch of crops and you sell them, you know. Uh, Things like that. Cool. So it's really cool. It was really fun to look around, and I'm supposed to be getting early access, uh, pre-access to it um, in the coming weeks. So we will be checking that out, and hopefully I can report back on it once I get my hands on it. Um, that was really fun to sit down and talk with them. I love their game, Crashlands, um, and then getting to see how I can make my own universe and make my own text and dialogue. I can make a triple X, you know, Crashlands game where your goal is to go around and sleep with everybody, you know, or something like that. And it's pretty exciting. So, um... And just hearing their story is really inspiring. They None of them were game developers, really. Um, one of them came from a law background. I think Adam actually came from the law background. Um, they just kind of all puts together, him and his brother, um, and put Crashlands together. The success of it had them help bring on new people. And they're really in the belief system of if somebody really wants to be a game developer they're willing to put their money behind them and help them become it. They just brought on two new piece, two new talent people um, to help with uh, their Crashland series. They've never wrote video game code in their life. They've never done any type of artistic stuff in their life, but they want to be in this industry. And Adam and his brother are putting the money behind them and taking time out of their day to teach them 
how to be game programmers. Um, so this is really cool. It was really fun talking with them, and they're really down there with people. Um, something that I found is a rare commodity in this industry um, when you get up with these high success, high successfully uh, games. Cool. So, um, I also ran over to Magic again on Monday. I can't keep stay away, um, and I actually hung out there for the first two hours of packs because they had no limit on when media could get in. So when you were fighting in line to get into wherever the hell you were going at 10 o'clock inside the convention center, yeah. I was chillaxing up sitting in one of the uh, pro athlete seats up on the stage at Magic the Gathering. You're a dick. Yeah, I know, right? It was pretty sweet. I was like, lights are on me. They're all doing light tests and shit. They're like, Vroosh. bringing the lights in, like hovering them over my head. I was like, yes, I am the magic god. But then I realized that I'm not the magic god, so I got up and sat out in the audience because I felt awkward. So um, after that, I walked over to the Dungeons and Dragons area, checked that out. They had some really cool cosplay, like helmets and stuff, set up like mesh stuff that was really cool. Um, life size, like over life size helmets. Like there was a helmet you could crawl inside of if you wanted to. It was really cool. Um, from there, the next level up was the PC gaming area. So I walked around there for a little bit, checked that out. Really not a whole lot going over there. That was kind of uh, That's kind of like a uh, sad area for me to go to because it was like you can do free PC play where you just go and you just borrow a PC and you play on the PC, whatever game you want to play. Okay. That's fine. The other half of it is where everybody brings their PCs to game. Right. And what a sad sack of people that are going to PAX just to play on their PC. That's the kind of their thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, that's pretty, cool pretty weird to area. spend uh, the uh, price for admission and just do that, but whatever. Well, and then it's extra on top of that if you want to bring your own computer. <laughs> wow. Huh. So, that's what I did um, Monday, PAX. And then, of course, we headed back uh, back on the train. We caught our train. Yep. We sort of had a kind of kerfuffle with where we were supposed to check in, but we did get on the train. They made it really confusing, but we had a, we had a half hour, so we figured it out. Yep. So, we did that. Um, we grabbed one last bite at our favorite place. Yep. But we're not going to say the name. We don't mention the name. And headed back to Vancouver. So that was PAX West 2016, guys. Uh, go back and listen to all one hour and 50 minutes of episode 109. And then this section. And I was going to mention that um, on our sister podcast, uh, Simply Otaku, Kristan kind of shares his experience on the second to latest episode of PAX. And it's only half an hour, so you can kind of get someone's perspective of their first time at PAX and actually his first time to America. So that was pretty nice. That was pretty interesting. Sweet. Um,. So yeah, guys, that wraps up episode 110, 110, 110 of the Plug and Play podcast. Uh, don't forget to check us out at facebook.com forward slash plug and play show. Twitter and Instagram at plug and play cast. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash plug and play gamer. And you guys can always find us over at thebuttonsmashers.com and plug and play gamer.com. So until next week, guys, don't forget to prime and shine.